Hold on to your hats. The countdown to the biggest wellness event of the year is on. Join our side August 15 and 16 in Melbourne for not one but two days of Powerhouse Wellness featuring 11 of Australia's most inspiring, entertaining, educating, fermentating speakers. Damo, what is fermentating? MP, I'll tell you at the summit. Your favourite wellness couch speakers are joined by special guest Nat Kringudis on all things hormones and female health. Join the Up For A Chat girls, the wellness guys, the natural nutritionist Steph Lowe, Kale Brock, Quirky Cookings, Joe Witt, Marcus Pierce, and the rest of your favourite wellness couch podcasters. Regular and VIP tickets are still available, but hurry before this summit is sold out. For tickets, go to www.thewellnesssummit.com. The Wellness Summit is proudly brought to you by Well & You. Be someone that makes you happy. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up For A Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Mara. And welcome to the show, everybody. You know, I was only just um, thinking about this the other day. How many shows have we actually done now? Are oh, we, like um, we're into are we into the two hundreds yet? No, um, I don't think so. High, no, we'd have to be going 100s? for two years. Is it, <laughs> is it only two years? I'll go and look it up while you're talking. Because We've I been had doing it dream. two and a half years. I had a dream. I had a dream. I had a dream the other day and I wanted to make sure that I told you guys about it. I had a dream that we had done 6,000 shows <laughs> and we went on an up for a chat tour around Australia and around the United States because that's where our biggest followings were. And, oh, my goodness, you should have seen the crowds. It was better than the Pope. It was huge. <laughs> Oh, sounds good. Let's it was, put it out there. Oh, let's do it. It was amazing. Anyway, I digress. Um, we're really quite excited today, actually, because we've got one of our followers, one of those people who is going to be either on the stage with us or part of that massive crowd that shows up for our tour. Um, but we've got a massive, massive fan on the show today and somebody who's very near and dear to beautiful Kimmy and her gorgeous family. Um, as a performer and a dancer. So I am really excited about today's show because I have no idea where it's going to go. Nobody's told me anything. We're just diving straight in. So I want to welcome to the show um, Sophie Wright. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today, my love. Hello. No, thank you for having me. I'm very excited. <laughs> I can't wait to hear all about your background and why you're on the show. Kimmy's kept you a bit of a secret, so I really want to hear all about it. So fill us in. Fill us in. Sure. No worries. Um, well, I'm a performer. I'm a, um, a singer-actor-dancer, a, um, singer, and um, I just recently finished um, my tour in the Australian production of Wicked, the musical. I want to be um, you when so, I grow up. I want to be you when I grow up. Oh, how It's awesome. never too late. <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, so up until recently, um, I literally just finished it two days ago. So I've been doing the show for two years now, which has been an amazing ride. And um, so that was my first uh, professional musical. So 
Um, I started, we started in Melbourne and we started rehearsing in 2013 and then we went to uh, New Zealand and then we went to Manila and Melbourne, Brisbane, Sydney and we finished in Perth. So, yeah, so I met um, Kim in Brisbane um, and I've been listening to you guys for ages <laughs> um, and basically, do you want me to delve into what I do? Is yes. this where I go? Is this my cue? All right. Um, okay, so basically, um, you know, I've been performing for all my life but I, up until recently, you know, I, I really wanted to share my knowledge of performing and share my knowledge of um, auditioning and things like that especially as a performer, you know, you go through so many ups and downs and nerves and all this sort of heightened emotion, I guess. And so um, I really wanted to show, you know, how to create um, a sense of wellness in that, I guess. And so what I do is um, I'm a, you know, a wellness coach as well as a performer. So I help young performers, you know, learn how to, build confidence and how to banish nerves in auditions and how to really go about it in a holistic and and positive way. So that's sort of what I've been trying to do on the side <laughs> as wow. well as performing myself. So, yeah, so that's sort of my deal. <laughs> Sweetheart, I love one of your articles that you wrote called How to Calm Your Farm. Yeah. Tell, how to us, calm tell us how do you calm your farm? Um, oh, so many ways, really. Um, it just depends, I guess. I mean, I think, you know, as performers, especially, we're very heightened human beings. Um, we learn, we know how to be very on, on all the time. And so I guess in other situations, you know, you get really, um, involved and you get really, um, sort of emotional and things like that. And that's, you know, that's fine. That's who we are. But, how to calm your farm. I, I think one of the biggest things is breath, is through breath, like through breathing. So anything that we do, you know, I, I, like my philosophy is, you know, it all starts in the breath, which obviously a lot of wellness people and, you know, yoga people and everything would say the same. And so with everything, you know, if, if you want to get into character, if you want to um, – just calm yourself before an audition or everything like that. I always encourage meditation and, um, and breathing and just, you know, concentrating on one task. So I guess that's how I calm my farm. <laughs> I love um, that. And I think the most beautiful thing about you and what I really loved about watching what you write and what you're about is you're not just an actor who I imagine have these amazing abilities to step into character and to step into being perhaps someone you actually are truly not. How do you make the association between your characters and how do you stay true to being you whilst you're in character? It's always fascinated me because when I look at someone I don't know, like Carrie Bradshaw, let's just say, yeah. on Sex in a City. Well, I did have the pleasure of meeting her and I expected her to be like Carrie. It's so yeah. stupid. And, in fact, I wanted to call her Carrie. And when my children met um, Glenn Robbins, who, for those of 
those listening don't know he was in the show Kath and Kim and he's Cal. Yeah. My children could not stop calling him Cal. I know. So, um, so how do you separate yourself as an actress and how do you step into character on days when you're stressful and you don't feel like playing the comedian or the beautiful dancer or whatever? What do you do to do that? Mm. Um, I don't know. I guess it just depends on what, yeah, what, sort of you're feeling at the time and also you know it's the whole thing of acting is um like and there's different philosophies and things like that but yes you are a different character but you have you are yourself as that character so you're always going to be yourself but you know you take on the traits of that character and and what they possess and so as long as you have bits of yourself as that character then you're always going to be yourself I guess I don't know it's like a rubber hole you can go down into it you know forever but um I guess on the days that you feel stressed and you don't want to um I think for me maybe as you know as a performer I'm doing the same show you know eight shows a week and if I'm not in a good place to do that you sort of get to a point where you go, well, this is my job, you know, this is what I have to do. And and for me, that's never really been a problem because, you know, there were some days that I'm, it's it's hard, you know, you do, it's just like any job, I guess there's some days that you don't absolutely love it. But to be honest, there was always a moment in the show that I did that I just absolutely was grateful to be there and absolutely loved it. So I guess you know, you always find that moment of gratitude or that moment of um, centering yourself before a show or maybe in the middle of a show. And I think when you realise how important it is and what you're actually trying to do, you know, you're telling a story and you're giving something to that audience or that, or that you know, movie theatre or whatever, whoever's seeing the film or whatever you're doing, you're giving something to them and you're taking them on a journey, I've got to say that word, I knew it would come out of that word. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're taking them on a journey and so like it, that's, that's so important. So I think when you realise that, then all that sort of nervous energy and all that doubt and worry, it sort of floats away in a way, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's actually like um, I guess the lightning to it, as much as we call it acting, um, you know, you have to do that as a mum. You, you you may not feel like being the best mum on the planet and you may not feel in the best mood, but it's not your children's fault if you're grumpy or you're down or something's not going right in your relationship or things. You actually have to step it up and step into the role of being their nurturer and carer regardless of the story going on in your own head if you want to be the best example and role model to them. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same for, for Karen and Cindy. Um, I want to ask Cindy and Karen in that respect, what is it for you guys? I know there's days where all three of us, and probably you too, Sophie, have had terrible news or we've gone through incredible stress and we're on stage in 15 minutes. Mm. What are the things that you guys do, Karen, and and then maybe you, Cindy, that you've worked on in order to step up and into the character you need to play, which is the truth of your own character? I'm not saying you put it on a front, but what do you guys do? Cindy, do you want to go first? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I, I just, as you were saying it, Kim, I'm thinking, okay, what what do I do? You know, what what is it that, um, and I'm trying to think of certain examples. So I remember my mum passing away um, and I had to speak within a week of her passing away. And I just stayed in the present. Um, and, 
Karen, I must have you in my ear all the time, but <laughs> stay in, yeah, that, that's all I can do is just stay in the present. And I, and I remember it was a pretty bad um, type of, of, of um, talk because I had a woman just walk out on me, close her book and just walk out on me. And I just kept going. I just went, you cannot bring in that your mother has passed or anything like that. You have to keep going. So, yeah, that's what I guess that's what um, I do is I just stay in the present. Um, if I have um, a Oh, I knew Cindy's line was a bit sketchy. Are you still there, sweetness? Oh, I could you see carry it. On. I could see it on my end that um, her line was a bit sketchy, but I think mm. it's it's exactly the same. And and for me, it's about being in the present, staying completely present, not mm. allowing myself to get caught up in what's already happened or what could potentially happen. And what I do to myself sometimes is I say, I know you want to think about the future and I know you want to think about what just happened or I know you want to think about yesterday or whatever it is that I'm going through. I know I need to think about that and I know I want to think about that, but I'm not going to think about that until 7 p.m. tonight. At 7 Mm -hmm. p.m. tonight, I can give myself the time to think about it. Right now, I'm going to stay completely present and who I am in this moment is bigger or better, or stronger because of what's just recently occurred. I may not realize that yet, but that is a reality. So why don't I live like that's true now? And then at seven o'clock tonight, I can analyze it, talk to myself about it, review it, pull it apart, do all the things that that um, my thoughts need, or they don't need to, but I feel that my thoughts need to do, or that I'm conditioned for my thoughts to do. But the reality is always everything that's occurred in the past has always occurred in order to make me become more. So as long as I go into the present moment with that belief about myself, then the present moment is always far more profound than I ever believed that it would ever possibly be. So I really discipline myself and I school myself in that way of thinking so that I can keep my calm very farm. Keep my calm very calm. <laughs> Keep my farm very calm. <laughs> Sophie, I love her. Sophie, one of the things that Karen's taught me around speaking has been around, you know, really channeling that energy in into your inner core and when we're when we're nervous or when we're worried we do tend to talk more from the throat with a more you know the energy is coming from there which isn't as powerful from within what do you do to calm nerves get confidence and really have that self-belief now I know you're going to come from an acting point of view but maybe you could give it to us also in a life point of view what would be the tips there um Definitely I've got like a sort of routine that I do and it's something that I do every day as well. So I meditate every day. So every morning I'll get up and I'll go straight to meditation and that's something that I've sort of worked on for a few years now and it's so nice to actually do it like it's, you know, like I'm brushing my teeth or, you know, that's just a daily habit for me. So um, I think that has been one of the most influential things I've done um, especially as a performer going into a performing like just as you said before Karen and Cindy were saying it 
you know, to stay present. That's one of the major things that has helped me as a performer as well. And it's something that, you know, is a a life lesson that everyone, you know, learns. But, you know, you can't, if you make a mistake or if you, you know, if something doesn't go the way you think it's going to, and it's going to happen, you know, that's such a, a thing that happens, you know, as a performer or anyone, you know, you can't, you have no time to think about what just happened in that, in that moment, when you're speaking on stage, everyone's looking at you and everyone's wanting you to give them something, give them information, whatever. And so you have no time to actually go back and think, well, well, I thought of that and that wasn't that great. Or, you know, that note wasn't that good or, and that's happened to me. And you just have to stay present. Like the only way you're going to get through is to just forget about all that stuff and just move on. And so that's a really important, yeah, lesson that I've I've learned as well. And also, yeah, just positive self-talk, I think. Positive self-talk is so powerful and it's so, it's so, um, yeah, it's so influential on what you um, you go about like how you go about the next few hours of performing, you know, you can either take it on as a, you could say one thing to yourself. And if you associate that one sentence with love and joy and gratitude and power, then it can give you this really big hit of adrenaline, you know, and, and positivity. And, um, so having, like, I have just affirmations that, you know, sometimes I, I breathe in confidence, I breathe out fear and self-doubt or I breathe in love, I breathe out fear or something simple like that. I've associated all these emotions in that one sentence and so I know the minute that I breathe that in, I'm, I'm fully back, I'm present and I'm ready to go. Do you think fear is good? Like do you think the adrenaline and that whole sense of fear because I know we're constantly trying to put it out of our minds but a beautiful speech coach I had from America said to me, Kim, the day you stop feeling that feeling is the day you should get off the stage. What's your thoughts around that? Yeah, that's really interesting. I've never really thought that much about it. I think fear, I I mean, I, I just think I associate it differently. Like fear for me, you know, I guess there's negative connotations, but you know, adrenaline is different. Adrenaline's not fear for me. Like adrenaline is just energy, you know, and actually, I heard this the other day. Someone was saying, you know, you're not scared, you're just excited. So you should channel that energy into excitement energy instead of into fear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like this, it's almost just all of this energy going around and it's the way we associate it, you know, it's the way we channel it. You know, so I guess, you know, I, I would say to associate all that fear energy into excitement energy or something like that, you know, because, yeah, it's true, you need that feeling, you know, you need that adrenaline, you need that rush. And um, and I guess, you know, and it's always just how you're going to use it and how you're going to better yourself as a performer or, or as a speaker or anything like that, you know, how you're going to use that energy to really hone in what you want to achieve and what you want to show the audience or whoever you're talking to. You know, what's really interesting about that is neurologically and biologically, the hormones that are released when we go into a state of anxiety are exactly the same hormones and peptides Mm. that are released when we are in a state of excitement. So even unknowingly, Sophie, you've, you've made the association that in actual fact, Next time you feel a bit of anxiety, um, 
just notice that it feels exactly the same as excitement and it is just simply a reframe in terms of the inner dialogue. Mm. Fear, terror is something different, but um, anxiety and excitement, they're, they're exactly the same chemical reaction inside of the body. So it's just the meaning that we associate with that feeling. One is either debilitating and the other one launches us forward, which is really, um, it's, it's an amazing association that you've made. So good on you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm running that down. I'm running notes as we speak. <laughs> and then I forgot it's been recorded, so I don't need to. Good on you. <laughs> Karen, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What did you feel at the Bali bombing? Terror? Do you know? Um, um, what, at, what, what did you feel? Cindy, when I was going through the bombing, I didn't feel fear and I didn't feel terror. In fact, it was quite the opposite. And um, it wasn't the fear and the terror didn't come in until afterwards, until I got home and I looked back and that's when I started to feel very unsafe and that's when real fear and trepidation um, crept in. But during the moments of the actual bomb blast, um, I didn't feel fear. In fact, what I felt was um, an incredible sense of uh, inner knowing, strength, focus, clarity, um, presentness. And mm-hmm. in there in that there wasn't anything there was no fear and it's it's a really it's a really interesting uh question because I don't think I realized that until I was on stage a couple of years ago where I really allowed myself to dive into how I actually felt during the moments after the blast and when I really dove into that experience all there was was this unbelievable grounded sense of presence and I've said this a couple of times and I don't know why I felt it or what went on, but I felt like I was the ultimate. I felt I was the ultimate, all-pervading, omnipotent. Um, I thought I was everything in those moments and everybody else felt the same thing. There was this complete sensation of oneness with everybody that was that was there. So... Whether the people who were dying, um, I mean, certainly the ones that I sat with who lost their lives, I didn't get a sense of fear. I got a sense of completeness, um, peace, solidarity, presence. Afterwards, when we were, when we were in the hospital and um, when I looked back and I looked at newspaper clippings and I'm, in, I'm just talking like, you know, when I landed in Australia and I started to get a frame of reference for what I'd been through, that's when the terror set in and that was when it was, you know, full body quivering, um, out of my body fear. And I can feel that now as I'm telling you. It was like um, in, I couldn't breathe. I, I couldn't see straight. I was just in this absolute quivering shaking out of presence, totally out of presence, like I was just not in, I was just not there, I was not in the room, I was not in the house. Elvis had left the building. Fear. Amazing. Once again, out of presence. Oh, um, yeah, because I was, I was time-travelling back to what I'd done. I was, try, I was like 
going back to the past of the bombing and making my meanings of all of it in the present, if that makes sense. So I wasn't in the present. I was back in the bombing, but now I was back in the bombing while I was sitting in the hospital and then I was making all of the meaning and the fear was like I've never felt anything like that in my life. Absolute perfect sense. Mm. Yeah. Kim, Kim, what about you when you, I'm just because I'm just finding this really interesting, what happens to you, Kim? The same question that you asked us. Yeah. Give us what happens to you. Um, I think this is why I love someone like Sophie, being around people like that that actually get up there no matter what. I guess the thing that I've really learned in watching actors and actresses and people is, look, when you're up on stage, in all honesty, the audience, it's all about them. It's its not about you at all. They're, they're wanting to see what you've got to deliver. And quite frankly, I, I don't think they care if you're nervous or that you have had a bad day. They've either paid their money to come and listen to you and therefore they're there for them. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way in the sense that they don't care about you. They just have no concept of what it's taken for you to get on that stage or to be that beautiful actress or to be the speaker. They've just come to sit there for you. And when someone made that revelation for me, I realised it's actually not about me at all. It's about what I can give to these people. It's actually, to me, to be honest, being on stage is a privilege. And to me, it's about serving that audience. And as soon as I take the word out of me and my ego and about what I can be and how good I can be or how bad I'll be or, you know, the fear of being bad, it's more about, you know, what can I give these people? What can I truly get? And I know the greatest gift I can give them um, is me and me being raw and vulnerable and open. I mean, I'm sure people are happy for me to share if I am having a moment, but I, I truly believe they're there to see what they can take home from the lesson. And when I learned that distinction, all of a sudden my ego of being on stage or feeling like I had to be someone was more about being the greatest person I can be in that moment. And I've also learned to really trust that the information that channels through me on stage, particularly if I'm a keynote speaker or a, or I'm speaking to an audience about health and well-being, is, is that the greatest gift I can give them is by being the example. And that doesn't mean to say I have to be perfect all the time, but I do know by being a speaker, it's actually being real. And how do I pull myself out of those situations is what they're probably more interested in. Now, I think there's quite a distinction and a difference there with acting, and Sophie, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think being a speaker, you have the... You have the um, the beautiful privilege of being yourself no matter what's going on up there yes you've got a certain thing to deliver but being an actress would be different you have certain lines you have certain um you, you cannot be yourself up there and go oh sorry I'm just having a bad day I'm having a moment and pull yourself back people <laughs> people don't care about that they want to know that you are being that that character on stage so I think Sophie not the three of us don't know that feeling so Maybe could you explain to us, can I just give you one quick example? I remember going and watching a one-man show, beautiful, um, a, a guy called Mark Hadlow in New Zealand, an incredible actor, and it was a one-man show called Snag. And he was just doing the whole thing. He played six characters in one show, which was such an incredible thing to watch. But what I loved about watching him one day is he stood there and in the middle of one of his acts, he just stopped. He looked at the audience 
And he looked at everybody and he went, and the spotlight's right on him, and he goes, now, this is one of those moments where you would love the stage to open up and swallow you whole because one has done the worst thing an actor could do and it's forgotten its lines. And he, and he goes, um, Shane, I think his guy was, he goes, Shane, please cue me on where I got up to. And, and the audience kind of laughed and anyway, and then Mark gave him, I mean, Shane gave him the line and he, the, what was so fascinating was watching him flick straight back into being the actor. I loved that. What do you do in those situations? Um, that's so that's so interesting. Yeah, it's it's like an actor's worst nightmare is to you know forget your lines on stage because you have this feeling your heart just drops, absolutely drops, and it hasn't happened to me on Wicked, thank the Lord, but um, it's happened to me before and. you just you know what that's why you and and that's a really difficult situation because a one-man show you've got no one else on stage to help you so you're literally just thinking so I guess in that situation you just have to do that but um on stage if you drop a line um you know it's basically it's you're so lucky to work with other actors who will hopefully help you out so it would you know a few actors will just you know, prompt you towards that line and you're sort of <laughs> trying really hard to really, really take what they're trying to say. And, and yeah, sometimes you just, you feel, I've had moments where just before my line, I'm, I, I can't remember it. I'm literally, I have no idea what I'm about to sing. And then two seconds before my body and it's just like muscle memory. It just comes in and it just, you know, it comes out. So it's amazing how, how your body can just, remember what it what it's meant to do and I guess in those moments you know your your fellow actors really help you out and you you just sort of improvise around the line and then eventually it clicks in and you remember it um but then again afterwards you know you just can't you can't linger you can't keep thinking about it and you can't because it happens you know it happens to everyone and it's just one of those things and so you just got to stop and be present and really just remember, okay, that happened. Yep, done, moving forward. So oh, wow. <laughs> it is a scary moment though, especially if someone on stage is doing it and you can see it and you just want to help them out. You just want to, you know, tell them the line and you, and you can't, especially, you know, in Wicked as an ensemble member, you know, you just can't but your, your heart just sinks. It's terrible but... You know, every actor goes through it, so. <laughs> Sophie, can you tell us your health journey now? Like yeah. why why are you such a beautiful, I mean, you are stunning for those of you that haven't Googled her, <laughs> Google Sophie Wright. Um, but truly, what is it that you've done? What's your health journey? Tell us your story there. Yeah, um, well, I guess a few, it sort of started a few years ago. I, I, I was always generally healthy, I guess, in the sense of the word, you know, I'd eat sort of healthy food and, and I was always interested in it, but I never really knew how interlinked, you know, the mind and body could be. Um, and so I guess, you know, and then how interlinked as a performer it could be, um, you know, as an actor, as a performer, our job is us, you know, our, we're vulnerable and our, our job is to be um, really open and present and as a, you know, um, becoming different characters and things like that. And that takes a lot out of us. Um, and going into audition scenarios, you know, that's not a normal scenario for everyone to go into, you know, you're putting yourself on the line. And so, 
um, I guess I was really interested in how we dealt with that as human beings and how we, you know, dealt with that in a holistic way, I guess. And so I started reading a lot of a lot of uh, spiritual books and a lot of um, wellness books and things like that and started reading, you know, Gabrielle Bernstein and, and Wayne Dyer and a lot of those sort of people. And I just became so mesmerized by, you know, the power of positivity and the power of the mind and, and meditation and, and how things can get so much better, you know, like how we can, we can just become so much more positive and so much more centered and, and really create a positive life for ourselves. And so, you know, after that, I, I was like, well, this can happen for performers, you know, we can, we can learn all this stuff. And then when we go into an audition, we can learn how to deal with it afterwards. You know, we can learn resilience and how to bounce back. And, you know, that's one of the major things that every performer needs to know is because we go to so many auditions and it, and we get a lot of no's, you know, you get a lot of rejection and, and that's all part of the industry, but it's how we deal with it is the way we can move forward and actually survive and, and continue to grow and to learn from those experiences. So I guess I started reading a lot about it and um, I started a wellness blog when I started Wicked and, um, and I got sort of a bit of a following. A lot of young performers would email me and I still get them and, and they say, you know, I get really nervous in auditions and I just don't know what to do and, and, you're, and I started doing video blogs and things like that. I'm a bit of a weirdo so if you see <laughs> any of my video blogs, that's just my humour. And so a lot of people really liked it and it was really lovely to know that, you know, young performers especially were really um, enjoying what I was doing and really it was really resonating with them. Um, and so, yeah, I sort of picked that up and then I started doing, um, more of a nutrition side and I've been, you know, doing a certificate in nutrition and, um, and then I did wellness coaching. And so now I sort of, I have a business where I'm, you know, coaching young performers specifically, um, and how to get ready for auditions, um, for drama school, or just how to add more wellness into their performing life. So that's sort of, yeah, it sort of just started off as a wellness blog and then um, it picked up and now I've got a business, which is great. <laughs> Tell us how old you are, Sophie. I'm 24. Oh, See, my God. <laughs> Look, Isn't all that amazing? Yeah. <laughs> how cool is that, Hank? Oh, that's uh, amazing. All three of us are so excited to know that there is a younger the next generation coming through are taking control and honoring the fact that you don't have to believe everything you see or hear or read what's your take at the moment on on nutrition and as a woman a young woman who one day may want children what is your whole take around the future and what do you see are the great things we're doing and what do you see are the things that you don't think as society we're doing so good Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a big question. Um, <laughs> it's really interesting. I feel like at the moment and there's just so much knowledge out there, there's so much information to be taken in. Like I just, all the documentary about food baffles me right now because, you know, that only happened, well, I feel like it. I was maybe I was only open to it now, but I just feel like there's so much that you can take on and there's so many health blogs and wellness blogs and and everything like that and sometimes you can get really overwhelmed with all that information but 
as a on a positive note, you know, we're so, um, you know, we've got so much choice, and that's so amazing for us is to have that knowledge as well around food now, and to actually know that we've got, you know, so much choice and so much um, great food around us at the moment so we can choose the right things for our lifestyle and what we want to achieve, I guess. Um, and for me, you know, food's always been now more than ever, it's it's whatever intention we have regarding that food. Like obviously, you know, keeping to the realness of the food, I guess, the whole foods and everything, that, that that's my philosophy, but also not depriving ourselves and not feeling guilty over certain things and not feeling like we should do certain things. And I guess, you know, relating it back to the performing industry and things like that, you know, um, a lot of people in the media and think that, you know, they're a certain body type or and sometimes performers might feel like they need to be a certain body type, you know, for roles and things like that. But I guess it, it just all comes down to what you want and what you feel and how you feel about yourself and having that confidence around who you are as a person. And if that's your body type, that's your body type. Or, you know, if you want to be the best version of yourself, then, you know, you know what you need to do to create that, I guess. So, yeah, I guess it's just having that balance and having that um, importance over food and having, yeah, it's, I guess it's the importance over what you put in your body because it all reflects, you know. It, everything, your, your positive intentions over food, your, you know, your positive thoughts, it all reflects on what you do and, and what you want to achieve. So is that a philosophy on food? I don't know. <laughs> it is, it is. And, but, and now I want to know what you think is not going so well out there. Um, I sometimes, I guess it's going to the extremes, you know, like there's, there's you know, there's healthy food but then there's people people feel like they need to be healthy 100% of the time otherwise they should be you know damned like it's it's sort of I guess going to the absolute extremes and feeling guilty over food and feeling like if they don't have that that green smoothie every morning then they're going to get sick or they're going to you know what I mean I guess it's just going to the opposite ends of the spectrum um when in reality it's 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 the balance and it's the importance that you put on it and it's the I guess the intention around food. So, yeah, I guess that's, you know, is pushing all these health ideas in a negative. It almost it's like you're trying to be so healthy that it's it's spiraling off over to a negative side, you know what I mean? Well, I think they call I think Cindy, oh gosh, you might have to help me here Cindy, erythroth or nixirosis. Yeah, I've heard What's of it. Orthorexia That's it. Yeah, isn't that like a health a healthy eating disorder or something? She'll tell us. I think it's an unhealthy obsession it, with healthy eating. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's an unhealthy obsession with healthy eating and I've got it, I've decided. And there's a drug for it if you need it. There's a, a really good drug for it. So No um, way. Yeah. So Yeah, there oh well. I'm, I'm probably teasing, but people do. <laughs> There's a lot in the media about it at the moment, and and people really believe this that yeah. having an obsession with wanting to be healthy, um, eating the best food that we can possibly eat, doing the best thing for our body, mm. and and like I don't go out for dinner if if I know that the the food's going to be bad, and that yeah. is 
that is that disease. So I actually don't mind that disease at all. Yeah, like, it's not one of the yeah, it's not the worst thing you can have. Like <laughs> no, like and really, you know what? I think we need to be a little bit more obsessed with the way what on the food that we eat, the way we look after our body. After all, I've seen people obsessed about their cars. They put so much money into their cars. They never put diesel into a petrol car. You know, I mm. I actually believe that you're far better being obsessed by your body than you are being about a bloody car. I agree. And that's the thing as well with money and food as well that's really interesting is sometimes I catch myself and I'm at like an organic store. Oh, my God, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I could walk around there for hours just in like whole food stores and be like, ooh, new almond butter, you know. But and then I buy all this stuff and I and then I for two seconds I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have bought that much stuff like food-wise. And then I think, hang on, Sophie, you know, like you're just putting your emphasis and your, um, I guess, you know, you just want to spend your money on on good healthy food and not other things. I was like, that's fine. You know, I'd rather do that than yeah. People associate or their importance with cars or something like that, but not with healthy food and whole foods and organic foods. So it's just remembering why you're doing it, the whys, I guess. And, you know, I um, one of the things is that I spend most of my money on on food. Yeah. Um, I don't smoke. Um, I, I have an occasional drink, um, not very much on alcohol. Um, I'm, I like to be as minimalistic as I can. I don't have a lot of stuff I don't buy a lot of clothes and I I find that I would rather have you know have that but what what gets me at the moment Sophie is the the absolute ridiculous amount of negativity there is about the wellness industry for instance the women's weekly this month has a whole thing on um how bad the wellness industry is and you know and because Belle Gibson, who is somebody who has lied about her condition um, or is delusional about her condition. I don't know which one it is. I can't. I watched her on 60 Minutes and I have no idea what is happening with that young lady. You know, they're taking that one person and destroying um, everybody that's in the wellness industry that is trying to help other people. And they're saying, oh, we can't trust people anymore. Well, how many doctors mm, wow. have been deregistered, have killed people, have done things like this, and they don't say, well, everybody's, you know, a quack out there and everybody um, in medicine is a, is bad. Look, there's good eggs and bad eggs mm. in the wellness industry. And like you said, Sophie, it's about finding somebody you trust. It's about finding somebody who... Um, is has maybe got a little bit behind them and understands it like you understand your industry and you understand how to help people in your industry but there'll be other people that are in a similar type of work that you'll be able to help as well so yeah I just I'm I get a little bit disturbed by um, the amount of flack that we are all getting at the moment as a result of being in the wellness not the sickness I think, I think though, if we look back. Sorry, on, did I go on a rant? No, I love you. <laughs> no, 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 so true though. And I think that if we look back on history, there's always been the naysayers and as soon as there's an opportunity for 
the naysayers to dig a hole or to find a weakness. They're onto it and then they just turn that weakness or they turn that one particular issue into a blanket view across the whole, you know, the whole philosophy. And I think, you know, I would like to think, I don't although whether I'm right or not, I don't know, I would hope to think that we're smart enough and wise enough to be able to see through some of the crap that people publish just for the purposes of sensationalism. When you look at what the media does, I mean, our elections are driven by the media, our mm. beliefs are driven by the media, our financial literacy is driven by the media, our economy is driven by the media. You know, humanity and, and the general public or the masses actually don't have any contribution to that. They're just simply at the mercy of it all. And I think that the, that's frustrating and it's infuriating because the people behind our media are only doing what they're doing for sensationalist headlines. And people like Bell Gibson, you're right, Cindy, those people exist in our medical fraternity. I mean, and, and they exist in, 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 in just about every other industry as well. They're the, they're the ones that are the ones that you don't want to have anything to do with. But all of a sudden now, because we've got nothing better to report on, let's make a big case out of them all and let's give them a whole bunch of airspace. You know, honestly, for, for the people who've got those kinds of views and those kinds of beliefs or delusional issues, and even when it comes to terrorism, and that's a whole other conversation, let's stop giving them freaking airspace. Because if what they're doing is for attention, let's stop giving them the damn attention, and then they'll find it another way, or it'll it'll be another way, but it won't have the same impact and influence on society that is generally not educated, or is it at the beginning of becoming educated, or that we're part of the education process? Let's not stand in the way of that. Let's keep that process. Let's keep that path clear for people so that they can make educated decisions on their own. Let's not muddy the waters with all the crap. I get very, oh, I get very frustrated. <laughs> oh, we like it when you get like that, Kaza. Um, <laughs> Sophie, on that note then about what the girls are saying, you talk about being a wellness coach and you are obviously someone who supports people to get through the objections and the and the concerns around um, their own inner critic and their own um, negativity and perhaps their own worlds in which they live in, what would you say are the greatest things that you can offer to people with your programs and what makes you different to support probably particularly younger people that would be attracted to you and what you're about? What is it around your coaching that you think is different and also really supportive to, to people who want to follow you? Um, I guess with my um, programs, it's all, it, yeah, it's mainly for young performers. So either in high school or, you know, first year out of uni, well, there are a lot of my followers and, and subscribers and things like that I know is that, is that age group. And I guess because I'm different because I have been through it and I, you know, I went to WAPA, I, I, after high school, I um, got into WAPA and I studied music theatre for three years. And so, at that point, you know, I knew I wanted to get into WAPA, but I had no idea, you know, I knew how to prepare for it, you know, just like learn the songs and go in and sing. But I didn't know how to actually deal with it mentally and I didn't know how to deal 
with it afterwards and I didn't know how to bounce back from auditions. And, I, and at that point, I didn't have anyone. I don't remember reading a wellness blog or, or having someone who was in the industry that knew all that stuff, I guess, or who wanted to share it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I, for me, I just wish I had, <laughs> not in a way that's bad, but I wish I had someone like this at that time, I guess, maybe, mm. just for some support. So I guess I'm different in a way that I am so passionate about this. Like this is something that I, I, I love and this wellness journey for me is just something that I want to share with young performers and I want to give it to them now before they go out into the industry and I want to share with them, you know, all this knowledge and, and, and to let them know that they can build this confidence now and they can have this sense of achievement and no matter the outcome, you know, no matter if they, de- if they get into drama school straight away or if they get that role or if they get into the ensemble or whatever, they can have that sense of achievement and, and confidence and over the fact that they're performing and they're doing what they love. Because at the end of the day, every person I talk to and they say, you know, I just get so nervous and I get so worried and anxious about performing, uh, auditions or whatever and I said well why do you do it why do you perform and the minute they say they describe themselves in that sort of sense of you know calmness or oneness it sounds like what you said before Karen they just felt so at home at ease and and so you know in in the now they're so present like the way they describe it is you know I just feel like myself and I feel like you know I'm, I'm, that's where I'm meant to be, you know, on the stage and performing. And so it's just, it's just reminding them of that feeling and getting to that feeling quicker so that in auditions, they, they're able to see the perspective of it and able to see that they can get there right then and there and remember why they're performing. So I guess that's what I teach performers, you know, in my coaching and, and I just, yeah. And it's, it's really great. We've got a little community and it's, it's, you know, a Facebook group and everything and everyone, you know, shares their knowledge and shares what they, they do before, uh, before auditions and, and the affirmations that they say to themselves and things like that. So it's, it's really beautiful to see young performers just sort of also communicating with themselves with, on, on social media in a positive way as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it's really amazing how, you know, how positive and how influential it can be and I'm so, so happy to be able to share that. So... Yeah. Well, give me give us a tip. Give us some of your tips on what you do on the road to look after yourself. Like how do you eat? How do you find time out to rest? How do you disconnect and then reconnect back in? What's mm-hmm. give us your tips? Um well, performing on the road, yeah, well I guess I on on the plane, I always the one thing that I always do is bring my own tea, like herbal tea or something. Um, and that's just a little tip that I've always learnt and that's been really, really good. But whenever I'm in a new city, I'm always like, I'll always research where the health cafes are. (laughs) So in Brisbane, it was easy because there were just so many, but, um, I always, yeah, I just literally made a list of a few health cafes or a few, you know, whole food grocery stores or something like that, that I knew was close by. And so when I was there, um, you know, I'd go, I'm very, um, I will cook all my meals on a, uh, we have Monday and Tuesday off. So I will cook all my meals on a Monday. So I'll organize like two or three meals that I'm going to make for the week. I'll go to the, you know, 
the organic store or whatever and I'll buy it all and I'll cook it there and then I'll have all my meals for the week. And so I hardly ever buy meals out. And just for me, that works for me and especially going to the theatre and, you know, we have sometimes we have two shows and so we have a break in between obviously and so my meals are there and I know what's in them and I know they're healthy and also I know they're going to keep me going. You know, I know they're going to sustain me for the rest of the show and, and I'm not going to feel tired and and because with that it comes injury and it comes, you know, negativity and everything like that, you know, and so it's it's so important to feed yourself with good nutrition and and rest as well and so you're able to do your best performance and you're able to really, you know, yeah, tell that story, I guess, and and give that to that audience. Um, so they're my sort of go-tos, I guess, and also exercise. You know, I always find a gym around the, wherever I am and I'll always either hire a personal trainer or just, you know, do my own thing. So so it's about being organised, isn't it? It's about, yeah, definitely. That's what you do is it um, – I, I had the opportunity to interview Pete Evans mm-hmm. Um Oh, stop it. Mm, Stop it. Where was our invitation? I think she's sharing with Pete Evans. Oh, bloody love him. Oh, my God. You want to feel gorgeous. I mean, speak. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, what Pete said was that because when I go to a place, I do what you do, Sophie, I, I look for restaurants. What he said to do, he said, look for the chef. Get reviews about chefs and go to their restaurant because, you know, and it could be a variety of restaurants from a very wealthy, you know, one that are very expensive to ones that are reasonably priced. But he says it's the chef's philosophy that you want to know. Do they cook with real foods? Do they find local foods? Do they do that? And then he said, and if you can't afford to speak at the uh, eat at the restaurant, Go to the restaurant, ask the chef, you know, when it's not a busy time, can you tell me where you buy your foods from? Go out and buy it, then prepare them yourself. I'd look, I just thought, mm, I've never thought That's a golden it. piece of information. <laughs> it is, isn't it? It's just, it was just brilliant. And I said, oh, my gosh, Pete, you know, I've never thought about doing it that way. So there you go, Sophie. There's a little bit yeah. of free information from Pete. Thank you. I've written that one down. <laughs> You know, Melissa Ambrosini said that to us down in um, Sydney, um, Cindy. Do you remember? And she had a friend. There's a group of them that are mums that are trying to make um, more healthy options and tuck shops and things like that at their school. And I just, I can't remember off the top of my head the name of the the um, the woman, but there was a particular mum that's actually gone around every single restaurant in Sydney and has put a whole list together, and I will try and find out while we're talking, a whole list together of, of restaurants that don't use canola oil, that are actually sourcing organic or farmer's markets, um, raw ingredients and things like that. Um, and I just think it takes certain people that have that passion, that knowledge, and they are out there. I think it's just a case of Googling and searching and doing your own research and not just expecting the status quo. Would that be fair, Cindy? Oh, have we lost her? Have we lost her by the sound of it? Oh, it, here I am. I'm oh. back. Um, I'm sorry, I put you on mute because I was looking up the lady's name that you were talking about and I yeah. didn't want you to hear me clicking on the computer. <laughs> so her name is Sula Chamberlain. That's it. 
yeah, Sula Chamberlain. And, you know, she's in Sydney and she's doing this. And I, did she say she was there an app? There wasn't. I just can't remember what she said. Actually, and we're going to get Sula on. We are yeah. actually going to get her and um, interview her because she's another passionate mum. You know, like passionate dancers, passionate mums. It they're the ones that do more. Like I think I put this on my Instagram a while ago. You know, uh, a passionate mum or someone like you, Sophie will do more investigation than the FBI when it comes to them helping themselves or helping their children more than anything. Um, So I know that um, when I look at a mum that's had a child that's autistic or something like that, they just investigate, 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 and often they'll know more than their doctor knows and they're able to have some intuition as well as some investigation into how can I help my child or... Um, so Sula is one of those. Um, she just is out there investigating and finding a better way for her family. Well, and Sophie, that's what you're doing for the performing artists out there. And, you know, if, if I was a mum listening to this and I had children that were really interested in becoming an actor or a dancer or a, I mean, I'm so, I've put Taylor onto you anyway because she's 17 and she's inspired by young women like yourself. And I think what's so beautiful about what you're offering on, now don't forget your website, which is um www.createawellness.com. Is that right, Sophie? Yeah. Yeah, Create a Wellness. And I just think what's so gorgeous in there is the way you write and the way you do your vlogs and that is, it's so um, appealing and it's inspiring. And so what, I, what I'd love to ask you, what sort of books do you read? I know you've mentioned a couple around Wayne Dyer and, and things like that, but what, what sort of books are you reading right now and what sort of, um, what sort of movies are you interested in right now? Um, oh, so many at the moment. <laughs> um, I guess I read a lot of um, sort of self-development, is that what you'd call it, self-development books. Um, I'm really interested in that, but I feel like I need to have the balance between some, like, novels and some yeah. <laughs> learning books because sometimes I just get so down the rabbit hole in all those spiritual books and stuff and I love it. Um but I guess at the moment I'm reading, I started reading a lot of, um, oh, what's his name? I think his name is a lot of nutrition books, actually. Michael Pollan. Oh, Michael Pollan. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was reading his book um, recently. Um, Defense of Food. Yeah, Defense of Food. That was amazing. Um, but also I love reading um, like biographies and things like that. I just finished Tina Fey's and... Um, Amy Poehler's and they're phenomenal as you know performers and really really influential and they're just so down to earth and they're just amazing um but actually at the moment I'm reading Loving What Is by Byron Katie oh stop Um, it yeah yeah so it's it's sort of a mix between um spirituality food comedy and performing I don't know (laughs) that's my mix and um at the moment, I yeah, TV, I just love watching, like, really good TV series, a lot of Australian films. I love supporting the Australian film industry and, you know, watching some good TV series. Um, so, yeah, I guess anything and everything I like. <laughs> okay, I want to ask you this question too. Sorry, you go. Oh, no, 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 I, just, I just wanted to go back um, 
when you were talking about, sorry, I, I, I wanted to go back rather than forward. <laughs> so it, you were talking about what you do as a performer when you get to a town and, and yeah. how you do things and how, what you think. Do you have a tribe within, like within the Wicked, for instance, that was able to, you were able to connect to or were you a bit of a loner um, in that way? Or, or Do you see what I mean? Do you have as other... A- like as in, in interested in wellness and things like that? Yeah, in within that um, troupe. No, to be honest, I was really lucky. Everyone in the cast is very, very welcoming and very um, we're like family. We've been together for two years. Um, but there's a lot, like as a performer, there are a lot of, we all are very healthy people. Wow. Um, there's only, you know, some more than others, but everyone, everyone knows the importance of, staying healthy and staying rested and eating good food. And, you know, even though they're not as, I guess, spiritual as me and, but they all understood it and everyone was, you know, making almost jokes like, you know, hashtag create a wellness, you know, like <laughs> Sophie's just creating a wellness over there, you know, stuff like that. And that's almost, it's so lovely because I know that everyone was so supportive of what I, what I do and, and, um, you know, if people needed help meditating or learning how to do specific things, they would ask me. And so it's, it's never, I never felt like a loner and I've never, and I've got my own little tribe of people in my life as well, who I know, you know, I can talk to about specific things to do with meditation and things like that. But, um, you know, everyone's very understanding and, and very, um, they, yeah, they really enjoy, I think, what I what I do and what I try and share and I've never felt like a loner or anything like that. You know, I've only felt welcomed and, um, yeah, it's been amazing. We're very, very accepting of each other. Everyone's very individual um, in the cast um, but everyone's very accepting of each other and, and our sort of, yeah, what we do and who we are and, yeah, it's amazing. That's Brilliant. Awesome. That's awesome. Can, can I ask one last question? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so often you'd be asked what would be your advice to, to younger people wanting to become actors or actresses or performers or dancers. So I will ask that question, what would be your advice? And secondly, what would be your advice to the parents of those young acting performers? Because I do know there's a lot of parents out there that think acting is not a job or it's, you know, it's just a a dream or, you know, get real and things like that. So give us your advice to the younger generation wanting it and then give us your advice to the the parents of these young performers. Yeah. Um, So I guess to the, you know, actors and performers or young performers out there, I would say is to just understand why you do it. And so whenever things get, see you, things, if you think things are getting difficult or hard or, or you're getting nervous or things like that, remember why you do it. If, do you love it? You know, if you, if you love what you do, if you love, if that's who you are, if, if performing is who you are and if it's, if it's something that you absolutely love and you feel like it's your purpose, then you, you have to try and do everything that you can in order to make that happen. And I think it's just always remembering why you do it and the whys and the, yeah, I guess I'd say that. (laughs) Um, And then for the parents, I think just, I don't know, be as supportive as you can and just to give, give your child 
as much as you can the most opportunity to grow and to and to learn I think is always taking classes and like I was I'm so so grateful for my parents to have given me um you know the opportunity to take dance classes and singing classes and and drama lessons and things like that just to be able to grow and to learn and and yeah and I think yeah adding in that sort of positive mentality and positive self-talk I'd say that's one one of the number one things is to always you know have a few affirmations you know I am confident I am I'm ready for success all that sort of stuff is so um influential now to begin early I guess so yeah (laughs) I hope that's okay (laughs) perfect and what about for the mummies and daddies Oh, that was it. Oh, that was the parents. Sorry. Was that it? Oh. Well, I just sort of took that as the young actor, actually, and I'm going, oh, good. I, I actually think I could, I want to be in Wicked. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> to always support, oh, well, of course you're going to as a parent, but to always support your child no matter, like, what, how the audition goes, how the, you know, is always to, on to the next thing, you know, keep that resilience up and, and I guess maybe, um, you know, just always trying to help, um, you know, do more classes and, and learn more things. And if you can, you know, that will continue your child to grow and to, yeah, just always like more classes, more dancing, more singing. It's always, you know. I think I was waiting you, I think I was wanting you to say, get a knowledge around nutrition, look after your your young aspiring athletes that, or dancers, which I believe are athletes. You know, the mums and dads out there are the ones that are going to give these guys the best start out there. And Definitely. I think that's what I was, I, was, I was trying to get you to get to say to the parents is get real on on supporting yeah. them to be, you're the ones with the knowledge, the ones that are paying for the food, the ones that are doing exactly. that. Exactly, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. And we appreciate it. We do. <laughs> so, uh, just the longevity of of your industry, mm-hmm. Sophie. Mm. So, uh, you know, like by being healthy, of course, your longevity will great will be greater. What about yours? Where, where do you see? How long are you in this industry for? And have you thought about what do you do afterwards, or you just are staying in the present and you're enjoying life right now? What what happens there? For me, I'm, I've, I guess with my coaching and things like that, I have, it's all intertwined, you know, I, as long as I'm helping people, the way I do that is through performing and my experiences is through my acting and that's my passion. I, whatever happens will happen. Mm, (laughs) That's my philosophy, to be honest. Like I I don't plan much. I, I, you know, I try and stay present. And as long as I'm happy with what I'm doing, then I know that everything works out the way it should. (laughs) Wonderful. Perfect. You're gorgeous and we love you. And we're very honoured to have you on the show, you sweet pea. Thank you so much. And you three ladies, honestly, you guys have been the start of my wellness journey as well. So I want to thank you very, very much. Oh, oh you're welcome. Thank you. Well, it's an honour to be a part of it, really. Like it's just I'm sitting here listening to you and I know that we're at the end of the show and I was just sitting here thinking to myself, you know, at 24 years old I didn't know that I could speak with such confidence. I didn't know myself like you really <laughs> know yourself, Sophie. You have such grace and such, um, you know, like such a such a sense of self-worth and self-connection there. It's like it's it's magical to see it and I – Honestly, I really applaud you for 
the work that you're doing and the work that you intend to do and everything that you're going to live into and everything that you've already created. I think, I think you're bloody amazing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> would you, Kez, would you inspire, would you encourage younger people to follow her wellness coaching programs for, for that reason? Oh, totes. Mm. Totes, babes. Totes, babes. <laughs> totes. Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. Because I think a lot of younger people don't have that, self, that same self, sense of self assurance and they don't have that same. Um, you know, a self-confidence to be able to make educated decisions for themselves. So they do end up getting trapped with, you know, just what the mainstream media wants us to know about. So I think it's awesome, um, Sophie. I think spread the word, my friend. Get it out there. Get more mm-hmm. people knowing about what you're doing and and really make the massive difference that you're obviously put here to make. How exciting. Mm. It is so exciting. I've got a lot of time off now. I've finished the show. And so I've got a lot of time to, yeah, work on creator wellness and then um, and then I start another show at the end of the year. So I've got a few months to really work on my business, which I'm really excited about. Oh, well, <laughs> keep us posted, sweetheart. Yeah, and the best I will is yet def- to come. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show, beautiful Sophie, and thank you for both of you girls, Kim and Cindy. It's just really cool to connect with you girls again. I miss you terribly because we do our, our oh. sessions on Skype now. But never mm. mind, never mind. We will have a big fat squeeze shortly. We've got the Wellness Summit coming up, so that's going to be quite fun. Mm. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to see you all there. I know, I know. Anyway, we hope that you guys have all loved the show and enjoyed listening to our beautiful Sophie and learning from her and hearing her perspective. Go to our Facebook page at allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and post your questions and comments there for Sophie. Also, you can go to uh, all the W's dot the wellness couch dot com forward slash up for a chat and you can post your comments and questions there also. Any suggestions for shows, make sure that you let us know. Go to iTunes, give us a five star rating and we can't wait to see you here same time, same station next week on up for a chat where you get to be part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. We're going to see you soon. Bye, everyone. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.